From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 225, and today I'm here with my son, Ephraim. Hello. And, oh, yeah, hi. How you doing? I'm good. And we're going to watch a bunch of Christopher Nolan films, the number of which I haven't necessarily decided on yet. We're definitely going to watch... Four or five or six. We could. I don't know if we'll get all the way to Tenet. We'll see. Ooh, yeah, I wanted to watch Tenet. I don't see why we wouldn't. So let's assume right now we're going to watch all the way from... But that's not five years ago. It wasn't five years. That's okay, because we're watching this as a series of films. Right. So it's okay that Tenet's not the only one. Uh, but I think we're going to... Because you've seen... All of the Batman Christopher Nolan films. Yes. And we did. There's an earlier episode oh, yeah, we on, did that. That on the podcast. We did a podcast of that. I can't. That's I did, my first one. Yeah, I can't off the the top remember the episode number of that, but feel free so to I search for that. Like, you know what? I can be not lazy and look it up while we're talking. I think it's like um, maybe. Oh, are you it, gonna guess? In like the. Let's see. You it's you above fifty. I think it's in the fifties actually. It's number twelve. It was episode twelve. Oh wow! So it was one of the early episodes. Oh, like that's that's some early stuff. Yeah, that's an OG episode we call. Uh, and we're <laughs> wait, 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 wait. How so many? That's, that's two hundred episodes again ago. How many? How many? That's epi- four years ago. Isn't that crazy to you? Four years ago. I showed you those movies very young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't it like? T- okay. Well, here's the thing, though. Like these. So, what do you know? Do you know anything? Other you than told what, me a bit. I told you a bit about Memento, the first one we're going to watch, because I pitched it, I soft pitched it to your grandmother to see if she wanted to watch it with as well. Yeah. So uh, you know a little bit, too bad that you know a little bit going into it. I kind of forget now. Great. Great. Wait, uh, how many episodes have I done? Of the podcast? Yeah. I don't know. I have to look it up. Maybe but let's let's know. focus on this. Okay. So what do you know outside of the Batman stuff about Christopher Nolan? Anything? Anything? What do you know about like the kind of movies he makes? He makes some weird stuff. Yeah, that's a fair way to describe it. Like he's he's kind of big on on what I would kind of consider like the psychological thriller. You know, right. he likes stories that are kind of mystery boxes that uh, you know are probably to the point of pseudo intellectual. You, you know, we'll see how you. Oh wait, land. you told me that it's backwards. This one. This movie takes place backwards. Yeah, yes. but just in, in general, like. I would say if you were to boil Christopher Nolan down to a what are his movies about, like he really likes to get into psychology and kind of messing with people's brains a little bit, almost to the point where sometimes you have to ask whether or not the things actually make sense or if he's just trying to amuse himself. Uh, that's that's more the later movies we'll get to. Uh, but he has a... I mean, his movies are always interesting. Yeah. And so I'm curious... For you, as someone who's a very casual moviegoer, uh, if you're going to like these movies at all, or if they're just going to leave you feeling like frustrated and puzzled. I don't know. You're also probably a bit too young to watch these, and not necessarily like in the sense that they're inappropriate, but just the sense that it's like they might kind of fl- they might be a bit more complicated than you can kind of like. Yeah, I might get bored. Maybe. Uh, so it'll be curious for me. I've been meaning to rewatch them anyway. So uh, it, it'll be fun to rewatch them with you. Yeah. So without further ado, uh, we're going to dive into... Memento. I think that's what it's called. That's what it's called. We'll be right back. Okay. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right. So we just finished and... Does your brain hurt? Kind of. <laughs> uh, is it in a good way? Did you like it? Yeah. So what did you like about it? 
I don't know. Was it entertaining? Yes, at some parts it was. You kept on finding little moments like, <gasps> like shocking little like little things that happened. Like I remember when the yeah, girl because it's backwards. It's all backwards. When the girl gets him to beat her up, you realize oh she's been lying to him. Yeah. Uh, and it's Nat- and she's not Natalie. In fact, we never find out who Natalie is. Yeah. Right. Um, that's one thread they don't put together. I don't know if you're supposed to walk away thinking that his wife was Natalie, but I don't think that's the case either. Right. So what do you think? I mean, here's the thing. I don't know if I know the right answer for what is going on in this movie, but I know how I kind of like read it and how I see it. Mm-hmm. What do you think is going on in this movie? I don't know. I'm so, confused. So what? Ha- what's he after? What's his? What's this guy's goal in this movie? To get John G. Why? Because he raped and murdered his wife. That's what he believes he's doing. But he didn't. But he. But what is the guy? Uh, so his, the actor's name is Teddy. Let's call him Teddy. Joe Joe Pantaleone. Um, he tells him at the end that none of that that his wife didn't actually die. That he's the one that killed his wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he killed his wife the way that he thought Sammy killed her, his wife. So he got yeah. those two things confused. Um, and, but his wife was raped and he had the accident because of it, but he's been giving himself false clues to create this puzzle, right? Right. Because the guy also tells him at the end that he's like, you've already like avenged your wife's rape and her death. Uh You know, you already did all these things and you didn't remember. And so this guy has been on this quest and and constantly like looking for like he sa- tells him that you you're just constantly giving yourself new puzzles to solve. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because when you get to the end, you want to start over again anyway, because yeah. you're never going to be able to get over it, right? Right. And so when he tells this guy, when Teddy tells him that, what, what's his response? What does he do? He um. Uh. It's okay. That's this is the ending of the movie, or the beginning of the movie, depending how, you, how you're looking at it. Yeah, he um, he get, he ignores him. He wants to ignore him because deep down he knows he needs a puzzle to solve, right? Yes. So then he decides to tell himself, this guy's a liar, go after him. Right? Because also, like kind of what we learn about Teddy here is that he's a cop, but he's also probably a bit of a shady cop because he's also been getting him to kind of do... He's been getting him to go after these other guys in, in this year that's... He's been searching for him and kind of, and almost like he's almost created him, turned him into a vigilante, right? Yeah. And making him kill other people or at least go after other people, you know, because he realized, well, you need someone to go after. I might as well point you in the direction of people I think you need to go after. So he has been using him, right? Yeah. So my interpretation of the ending is that he decides to kind of close the loop and end the circle by getting rid of Teddy so that way once Teddy is gone mm-hmm. he won't have like someone pointing him in any directions and yeah. so maybe he'll eventually forget all of this stuff although he's got all those tattoos so I don't know if he ever will yeah. you know in a weird way he's kind of become a, ki- a serial killer yeah right but it's complicated it's a very complicated movie. <laughs> you, if yeah. You're looking. You don't don't. Do you, does it make you feel stupid? Huh? Does, a bit. A bit. That's okay. Here's the thing. I I've watched this movie a couple times, and every time I'm like, oh right, this. Like, I always forget about her and the way she totally manipulates him. Yeah. You know, and I'm constantly picking up on little things. I haven't watched it in forever, but. Um, you know, I get a kick out of kind of the structure of it and how it all comes together because it's happening backwards and forwards because all the stuff in black and white is happening in order. And then all the yeah. stuff in color is kind of like backwards. starting over and starting over again. So, And then it meets in the middle at the end, right? But it's a complicated movie. Yes. You know? Were there, so what aspects of it did you like? Like you, you, you were entertained the whole way? Like you were kind of like curious what was going on, you were with it, but it just... yeah. Did you did you feel like the ending let you down? No. Or it just made it harder. Harder. 
In a bad way? I, I knew what was going on until the credits happened and then I forgot. <laughs> just like uh, just like the hero. Yes, exactly. That's what happened. Oh, no, you're living in a loop. I know. Um, so the ending kind of left you feeling not great. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Now, do you think this is a movie that's just going to kind of stick with you? I'm not sure. Do you think you'll be thinking about this movie for the next couple of days? Yeah, probably. Well, we might. We're gonna watch more ones, which are gonna confuse me even more. So probably not. I will say, Insomnia is probably one of his more straightforward movies because I am oh, almost entirely sure that Insomnia takes place in chronological order. There's no like time jumping around. Oh, so all his other ones have time jumps? Not necessarily, but they, he definitely plays with time in different movies. Um, God damn it, him. Well, that's kind of what he does, but even in, um, I guess Batman is more like he's collapsing time. He doesn't really jump back and forward in time. But uh, but can you see, from watching this, and just like the tone of this and the style of this, do you see stuff in this movie that you recognize when you, you're like, oh yeah, that's the guy that directed that Batman trilogy. Do you feel like it's the same guy, or does nothing, or does it not? Mm. I'm not sure. I feel like the cuts and the the cuts and like the camera. I feel like it's the same. The way, yeah. So his style, his visual yeah, style is but similar. Like the movie, the structure, not so much. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, those movies are definitely his most linear, straightforward movies in a lot of ways because he's trying to make like a big mainstream movie. So when yeah. you see the like the movies we're watching now are more of his what you would call his auteur films like the films that he's you know come up with conceived written with his brother jonathan yeah and put down so it's more like his individual stamp of movies um insomnia i think might be a remake or based on something else i can't remember we'll look it up um and then we'll talk about that when we watch it is that the next one insomnia is the next movie we're gonna watch okay so uh that one stars al pacino and robin williams it's uh, Robin Williams in a non-comedic role, but it's another like, and I th- and I've only seen that movie. I think I've only seen that movie once, right? Uh, and I don't really remember. I have very small memories. I remember that it takes place all during the day, because it's all it's in like a northern. Um, it takes place oh, in yeah, like Ala- Alaska me. or something, so it all takes place. So there's you know it's that time of year when there's no night. Yeah. Uh, I remember that. And I think Hilary Swank's in it, too. But that's all I remember of that movie. This cast is small in this one. This one? Yeah, this is one of his smaller movies. Like, this is before... This was the movie that was, like, his big breakout movie. Yeah. Wait, was this... Was it his first movie, though? No, there's a movie he made before this that was called Following. Right. Uh, And I think... I want to say... Following, I'm almost entirely sure, was his first feature. Uh, It premiered at Slamdance... Uh, or, oh, yeah. Where my movie, How to Plan an Orgy in a Small Town, played. Oh, yeah. Um, and then following, 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 he made this movie. I don't think there's anything in between it, but if I'm wrong, nerds, feel free to shout at me. Yes. So, uh, but this was his big breakout movie, because everyone saw this and was like, whoa, that broke my brain. My brain hurts, woo. But also they were like, my brain hurts in a good way, I think he's a genius. Throw money at him. I think he's a genius. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, this is like a small independent movie. Like not a huge budget movie. Yeah. You know? But uh, but done. But it shows what you can do on a really limited small budget. Right? With yes. a really creative idea. And it's a simple idea. It's like a murder mystery or like a, a kind of a thriller mystery told backwards from a guy with memory problems. Yeah. It's pretty clever. Uh, and it leaves you, you know, it, it does what I think great movies do. Where it leaves you putting the pieces together, hopefully in a good way. I think this movie leaves you trying to figure out it and not just being frustrated with it. But I can understand if you just watch this and are confused and it makes you mad. Yeah. Yeah. But overall, thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up! Better or worse than Batman? Mm, I don't know. You like this? Did you like this more or less? Where would you rank this in the three Batman movies? Like better than the last Batman. Better than Batman Rises. Yes. Okay. 
But where is it? But not as good as Batman Begins or um, maybe like Dark Knight. Little bit worse than Dark Knight than the than the first one. Than the first one. So so right now your Christopher Nolan ranking. Let's see how this changes throughout this podcast. Well, right I, now mean, I think it's like kind of time. So right now it's Dark Knight. So it's the Dark Knight's kind of like takes a while for it to get started. Yeah. So right now it's Dark Knight. Batman Begins. Memento. Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. That's fair. I like that. But, like, um, Batman Begins is, like, a close, is really close to Memento. Cool. That's fair. I like that. Okay. All right. We'll be back with uh, Insomnia. Yes, and hope we don't get Insomnia. Insomnia? Insomnia. Insomnia. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. And so we just finished Insomnia. Yes, we did. What did you think? Oh, it was not as confusing as the last one, luckily. Yeah, did you like it more? Mm, I don't know. Different? Yeah. I forgot. I couldn't I, really tell who was the bad guy, because there wasn't really any bad guy or good guy, kind of. Oh, well, that, isn't that what's fascinating, right? Like, there's even one point, Hilary Swank, uh, who is the, the female detective, like the young detective... She says she throws a quote back at him that she'd read of his about how good cops can't sleep because there's a piece of the puzzle missing and bad cops can't sleep because of their conscience. And that, you know, I think that that line shows up at a perfect point in the movie where you're kind of asking yourself, is Al Pacino a good cop or a bad mm-hmm. cop? Yeah. And and where do you lead in your thoughts of the, on the movie? Mm. I mean, ultimately, in the end, I think you could argue he ends up as a good cop because she's about to throw away the bullet, the yes. thing that can, like, basically destroy everything for him. Yeah. And he stop- He tells her not to. So ultimately, you know, despite anything he's done, he ends up as kind of a good cop. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting, too, because, like, he, you know, he believes anyway in that initial case that he's being investigated for, that he's planted evidence to convict somebody who deserved to be convicted. So it's not like he was accepting bribes or, or you know, taking money from drug dealers or something like that. Like, he was trying to punish bad people. That said, you know, was it the wrong person? Was he, did he get someone that didn't deserve, you know, we don't know. We don't know that, right? Right. Uh, and and even he says at the end, you know, did you kill Hobbs? his partner on purpose and he doesn't even know. Yeah. Right? It's it's fascinating. It's not like a typical like you haven't seen a ton of these kind of movies, these big detective movies. But yeah. I forgot how good this was and how much I liked it. Because uh, it's pretty complicated. Like your your you know, that your typical detective story of catching a killer is just you're just following like it's it's just good guy versus bad guy. Right? The cop is chasing yeah. the bad guy. But in this one it's a real gray line because they figure who the bad guy is pretty quick. Yeah. Right? And that and and you know, and then it gets I would say far more interesting and complicated after that. Yeah. Um thoughts. Thoughts? What did you think of uh the cast? Oh, they were good. Yeah, had you seen you mentioned Al Pacino when the credits came up like you were familiar with him? What did you? What did he? Have you seen him in something before? I don't know. But you know the name. Yeah. Okay, just as like a famous actor. Yeah. Uh, there's one actor in this movie you're very familiar with. Yeah, Robin Williams. What did you think of seeing Robin Williams in a role like this? Uh, I'm not sure. Cause like, his voice sounded deeper when he was on the phone. Cause like, I guess it was changed. I don't know. Well, they do a little, like, whenever you put someone's voice in a phone, it always has some kind of modulation to it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did you find, uh, you know, I mean, there's always the the thing with a comedic actor playing a dramatic role that it's hard to buy them, but um, I I think Robin Williams kind of goes goes back and forth between comedy and drama pretty seamlessly. Uh Um, But what, what comes with him is this weird little empathy where... Because you're used to seeing him in a comedic role, when he when he tells uh, Pacino's character that it's like I didn't mean to do it, it wasn't you know. Did you? How did you feel about him at that point? Did you believe him? 
Mm. Uh, I don't think so. You're not sure? Yeah. What are you thinking? I don't know. You don't know how you feel about the movie? Yeah. You think it was a bit too much for you? Like, too complicated for you? Was it hard to follow? No. No? Definitely not as hard to follow as Memento. Yeah. Yeah. Were there anything in this movie that stood out that you really liked? Any scenes or sequences? Um. Like when he was chasing them through the mist, the fog. Yeah, that was great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and based on how that was shot, it didn't seem like... It seemed like he didn't know he shot his partner, right? Yeah. In the moment, it seemed like a surprise because, uh, you know, Robin Williams' character was shooting back at him, right? Yeah. So the whole thing feels like a strange coincidence, but then he also doesn't admit to it right away, right? Because he's under investigation, he knows how it'll look. But that moment is kind of his undoing, in a way. The other sequence that's really, I think that's really great in this, is when he's chasing him across the logs, and then he falls through the water. Uh, I hadn't seen anything like that in in a movie before, and I love uh, just the use of kind of the, the, the landscape and the inside this movie in the world. Like, I don't know if I've seen a ton of films that take place inside of, you know, an Alaskan territory and get to use it so effectively inside of the set pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Um. Hmm. 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 Where does this land in your new ranking of, uh, of the movies? Um. What did I say last time? That... Um, well, it doesn't matter what you said last time. Now, now you gotta like, cause it. No, but I need to figure out where everything else was. But here's the thing, maybe it's changed. Maybe you know, even fresh off of Memento, you put it somewhere, but maybe now you put it in a different spot, right? It's about like how you feel about the movies a, a day or two later, even. So right now, you know, you've seen there. I think there's five in play for. Oh no, that's not true. You've seen Dunkirk too, right? So yeah. Let's say of, Dunkirk was good. Yeah, so of the of the Nolan movies you've seen so far, you've seen the three Batman, this one, Memento, and Dunkirk. So yeah. what's your what's your top? Um I don't know. It's tough, eh? Yeah. Uh is it still Dark Knight? Dark Knight? Probably. And then like this Memento and Dunkirk are like pretty close. Yeah. Maybe Men- Memento a bit lower. Yeah, it's 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 sleeping a bit lower for you. This one, this one above above Memento. Yeah, well, they were really different movies. Yeah, yeah, but you can see the the direct like, Memento. Like I didn't like at the end. I was like, there's like no bad guy or good guy. Well, at the end of Memento, he kind of is the bad guy. <clears throat> yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, and well, and are, so are you sensing a theme in these movies? Right, like when you look at even the Dark Knight. Like, is Batman, at the end of that movie, he kind of says, I have to be, I will become who they need me to be. Like, he becomes the bad guy. Yeah. Right? So there's this, like, theme inside of the... And then they go and fuck it up at the last one. In the last one, yeah. (laughs) Watch your mouth, boy. Sorry. Um, All right, so next up, uh, we're going to watch The Prestige. Yes. Which is... Without giving anything away, other than what I've already told you about it. You said it's the best one. It could be my favorite Chris. I'm, I, I think it's my favorite Christopher Nolan movie. And then Dark Knight second. Yeah, probably. But let's yeah. see how it holds up. It's been a while since I've, I've rewatched it, and I'm excited to rewatch it. What other movies are we going to watch of his? Uh, Interstellar. Oh, yeah. Um, Inception. And we, I think we, we thought we'd watch Tenet. Yeah, okay. All right, we'll be back with the prestige. So we have prestige, we got Interstellar, Inception, and Tenet. So four more. Four left. Four left. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, so we just finished. Prestige. And what'd you think? It was really good. It was yeah. really good. Yeah. Would you? Would you like? I. It's. It's still my favorite. Like it's just. I don't know. There's something about like what's interesting about this one is there, it's 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 closer to Memento in the way that it like it jumps back and forth in time and yeah. plays with 
So it's very non-linear, but I think not in a way that's confusing. Like, I think there's some elegance to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't feel as non-linear as it is. Does that make sense? I guess. Like, did you feel confused where we were in the story and what was going on? Or was it... Yeah, sometimes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it... I've seen this movie probably a half a dozen or more times. Just because I love it so much. Um, and all the twists and turns. Although now that I watch it, like all of it, there's, they give away everything constantly. I'm kind of so impressed by how, how much the clues are right there. Yeah. But then nobody thinks of them. No. So did you get a sense of what was going on? Yeah. Now that I think of it, <coughs> cause like at the end when he like explained that there was two of him. Oh, for, um, for Borden. Yeah. For Christian Bale's character. Did he also use Tesla's machine? No, he had a twin brother. Oh. He's an actual twin brother. And because uh, Michael Caine's character kept on telling him he uses a double, he uses a double, he uses a double. The whole movie is telling us the whole time he has a double. But yeah. you're not thinking twin. Mm-hmm. Right? And there's also that clue earlier on. Remember, remember they go and see that old Chinese man? Yeah. Uh, and And... Borden says in that moment he's like, he's faking being a cripple in public. That's the trick. The trick is you think he's a cripple and he's not. So he's living this. He's living his whole life to sell his illusions. And the reason why Borden knew that is because he was doing the exact same thing. Uh-huh. He was sharing his life with that felon guy. Did you ever wonder who that guy was? Or did you just like go along that he was just his helper? Yeah. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Is that what you thought the first time? Yeah, but also, but now when you watch it, you're like, because they, they, they do a really good job of trying to not avoid seeing his face too much, but the makeup is pretty good. You know, the, he has that great beard where they hide where the, the makeup would have been. Uh, and he yeah. never talks. He's very mysterious, which, which you know, works in the world of magic. Um it's it's pretty the whole time like they're telling you he uses a double he uses a double but you're not thinking twin you know what I mean yeah uh, and just the one-upmanship back and forth and the way uh, and just the you know the repetitious imagery like the idea that it's like his wife died in the tank and so he kills himself in the tank every night yeah you know what I mean what a t- I remember that just horrifying me the first time I saw it too just that concept of like, every night he kills himself yeah. Like, ugh. Because then he has another one of himself. Yeah, and it's another one of those movies where it's like, so who's the bad guy and who's the good guy in the movie? Yeah, I feel like Christian Bale's character is more of a good guy. Yeah, the one that lives in the end, right? Yeah. Because even, there's even that moment um, before uh, uh, Hugh Jackman's character dies where you see Christian Bale talking to Felton, or Felton, or whatever his name is, and he says, look, it's over, he's beat us, Let's, we just gotta stop here. But what, what happens is, so that's like the, the we'll call him the, the kind Borden. But then, you know, clearly, whoever, the, the Felton he's playing there can't let it go. So he, he's the one that goes and gets caught. And that's why, and that's the one that's apologizing and saying, I'm sorry, I couldn't let it go. I'm sorry I I had to go that night. Because right. if he had just let it go, Borden, he wouldn't have caught him, right? Like that whole tri- that whole thing at the end was just a trap to catch Borden and to, and to have him murdered to finally yeah. avenge. Yeah. And, and, and the question is, like, is he doing it to avenge his wife at that point or is he doing it just to punish him for all the stuff they'd been through? Yeah. Um, let's talk to the cast. Pretty stacked cast, huh? Yeah. You have Batman's in there, Black Widow, Alfred. Yeah. Wolverine. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to, and Rebecca Hall. I'm trying to remember if she's in any superhero movies or not. She's in quite a few movies, but I don't think she's in any, any super. Oh, no, that's not true. I think she's in Iron Man 3. Oh. She's, um... So two Marvel and two... Well, yeah. Three real, Marvel. Real mishmash of Marvel people in no, here. Two... How many Marvels? We got a Batman. Well, technically Wolverine's Marvel. If you uh, three Marvels, but he's not part of the so the three MCU. Marvels. Yeah. 
Yeah, he, now he is. Now, well, not yet. We haven't seen him officially, in, but the assumption is he will. They will be entering into the MCU at some point in the near future. Yes. Uh, and Michael Caine's great. Yeah. Uh, he he becomes like you know through the Batman movies, he becomes a real staple inside of the uh, Christopher Nolan films. He he'll yeah. You're gonna see him a lot. So he made this film between Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. Right. Uh, so it was like his movie in between, which was just an incredible run. Because especially to have like a one-two punch of The Prestige and then Dark, Dark Knight. Knight was like me at, at my height of love for Nolan. Just going, oh my God, what's this guy going to do next? <laughs> it's just so good. It's just like both those films are just so incredibly entertaining and rewarding. Yeah. Um, any particular moments in this film that you enjoyed? Um, everything was good. Yeah? The magic? I love magic, too. Yeah. And so do you. You like magic. Uh, yeah. what, what did you think was going on? I had no idea. Now you're just along for the ride? Yeah. Yeah? Uh, my only critique watching the movie this time around is how often they keep on using the same trope of the idea that they don't realize the other one's coming up on stage to inspect their trick, and then... Yeah. It just happens enough time that you're like, come on. <laughs> you guys need to get better at, yeah. at sussing out who's coming up on stage with you. Yeah. What, um... All right, so now what's your new ranking? At least you don't you don't have to list them all. We'll do a big tally at the end when we finish all the movies. But where does Prestige, Prestige and Dark Knight are tied for first? That's pretty good. Like that's kind no, of for last. Just kidding. Oh, for last. I'm kidding. Like, I'm you're. Kidding. I would question your taste, but uh, not not. I I hope you're not just saying that because that's kind of where uh, I land. Uh, yeah, you dig it. And then I'm pretty sure. Sh- and then I would say like, I don't know. Insomnia is better. I have to write this down. Yeah, you'll th- you can think about it before. You can think about it before we watch the last one and then decide where that one ranks. Like Tenet. Didn't, you didn't really like Tenet, did you? Tenet, I've only seen once. We'll see. Let's re- we got to revisit it. Like I'd yeah. only seen Insomnia once, and I didn't remember it liking it as much as I liked it when we watched it just now. Right. Uh, so I, uh, I look forward to revisiting them all. Um, and next up, oh, God, I can't remember which came next, if it was Inception or Interstellar. You'll have to look it up. Well, he, he likes to name his movies with a bunch of eyes. Yeah, but Will, he, he does, yeah. Uh, either way, I think it's Inception's next, but you know, you're going to find out because we're going to be right back. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, so we just finished... Inception. And... I have been inceptionized. You've been... So has someone planted an idea in your mind? No. No. What did you uh, What did you think? I didn't think it was too confusing. At the beginning you did, though, right? Mm, when the movie I, started and, and you were just realizing you were in a dream within a dream and they were kind of teaching you how the rules worked? Yeah. You were like, my brain hurts. But I think as it went along, you had it's no... It's not too confusing. It's not too confusing. You had, it, yeah. The movie does a really good job, um, I think, explaining itself, even though it's a complex idea. I think more so than some of the Christopher Nolan films that are going to come after this. And I think the reason is accredited to Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, the story goes that he was had a lot of input on the script leading up to shooting. And I think he forced Christopher Nolan to simplify it. <laughs> Well, just to make it make right. like leaner and make more sense and not be so caught up and and make it more emotional and 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 follow that as opposed to just trying to follow this con this hard concept, which yeah. as you'll watch his later movies, you'll see that he didn't have someone doing that he with him. He didn't have a Leonardo. He didn't have well, and that's almost the problem with with people as they get bigger and do these bigger movies is they're just surrounded by people, yes men, and people that were like, "Oh, do whatever you want" because it sounds cool. You know, people that are afraid to challenge someone like Christopher Nolan. But yeah. in the with the you know in, in in the case of this, I think there's a case to be made that it's like it pro- it made the movie stronger because I think it does have a a, a strong emotional core. Um, but it also has this really high level, cool idea that's also just surrounded by amazing, cool set pieces. 
Yeah. Now, what, how, what do you think the ending means? The ending? Yeah. Like, what do you mean by it? Well, what's the last thing you see in the movie? I forget. So he comes home. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he sees his kids. Yeah. And before he, sp- he sees his kids, he does something. He spins to the top. Yeah, and then he goes over and he hugs his kids. And then what happens? It ends. The camera pans back over to the table with the spinning top. Mm-hmm. Does the top stop spinning? No. So is he in a dream? Um, Remember? The, the, the top never stops spinning inside of a dream. Well, but it, it's sounding like it's going to start, it sound, but they, they also were really smart to add that sound, because it sounds like it's going to start wobbling and tipping over, right? So he wasn't in a dream. It leaves it up to you to decide. I don't think he was in a dream. So it's either that Mal was right, mm-hmm. and he stayed inside this dream. And like you said, you said we took a break to, to make our dessert while we were watching this, and you're like, it's going to turn out that everything is a dream. That is one way to look at the ending. That Mal was right when she jumped off that building, and they were they were stuck inside another dream. Mm-hmm. I don't think it did. I don't, I'm not. I don't think so. No. No. But it's it's. I love that it's left up to that. It's like it left yeah. up, it's left you wondering. It's like, is he stuck inside a dream? Is Mal still alive? And he's the one that's stuck. Because you got to think too that it's like. His the, these other characters in the movie keep on telling him, "Don't get stuck, don't get stuck, come back to reality." Like Ellen Page is telling them that before she leaves him at the end, she's like, "Don't get stuck," and he's like, "I won't, I won't." Like it's all these other people constantly telling him to wake up and come back to reality. Mm-hmm. Like that's happening throughout the movie in 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 the present, in the quote present. People are constantly telling him, "Come back to reality." Mm-hmm. So you could interpret that. As these other characters inside his subconscious saying, wake up, you're not in a real world. And he's right. not listening. He's not taking the inception. He's not letting the idea plant itself inside his brain. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Part of me likes to believe that he is stuck inside of his own dream. He might. But I think then if that was true, the kids wouldn't have turned around at the end. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to say. What was... Um, what were some of your favorite sequences? I like the third, um, the third level. Or the whatever. third level, the like the one like Alaska or wherever it is. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Just like it was almost like a James Bond movie. Yeah, they were just like on like the motor skis and those like the motor skis and the like I, the jet ski or whatever they're called snowmobiles. Yeah, I love the the. The um, second one's good also. The second one's cool. It's the one that Joseph Gordon-Levitt's stuck in, the hotel one, where he's spinning around inside that that um, hallway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how they did that, I was explaining to you while we watched the movie. They, um, I think, and there's, there's a bonus feature on the Blu-ray if you have it, um, where the, the hallway itself is a set that rotates around, and so the camera stayed where it was. And the set moved around it, so the actors could like run around it and make it look like the world was rotating, as opposed to we are we were. Anyway, it's hard to explain. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's got a phenomenal cast. Yeah. Right. It's like a lot of Christopher Nolan's regulars. Mm-hmm. I think it's the only time he's worked with Leonardo and Ellen Page. But you've got like. Um, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was also in Batman Rises. Uh, so is Maureen Cotard. So is Tom Hardy. You've got... Um, who else is a regular? Michael Caine. Yeah. Uh, he's like in almost all of them. Michael Caine's in all the Batman movies. He's in He's in Prestige. pretty much everything. After Prestige. He's in Interstellar as well. I don't remember if he's in Tenant. It'd be weird if he wasn't, now that I think about it, but I don't think he is, actually. Yeah. I only saw that movie once. It was almost a year ago when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so where does this one rank inside your rankings of the Nolan films? I'm not sure. I liked it a lot. You liked I don't it a lot? Know. I want to make a list. You want to wait till the end? Okay, we got two yeah. more. But is it for the big reveal? It's it's so where does it, so what's the middle of your list? I'm trying to remember where you ranked them last time. Well, like, I, I really liked Prestige, so that was, like, with Dark Knight. 
Yeah, so we'll have to wait till the end. Is this higher or lower than insomnia and memento? Um, I think it's. I would say it's higher. Yeah, that's fair. I think so too. I like. I I forgot. I I think I walked away remembering this one being more confusing, but it's not too confusing. No, I like this one a lot. I think there's a lot going on. I think it's it's a real great combination of big fun set pieces, really smart, and it's got a strong emotional core. And. I just think the Inception is like the two mirrors together. It's like when it goes on forever. Yeah, it's such a cool. Well, and that's the thing is that like he's using really smart, cool visuals to to show that metaphor in in a cinematic way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in this movie, I think he's like really firing on all cylinders. I think in terms of of his original scripts, that's not like an adaptation. So nothing, none of the Batman movies, and not Prestige, because yeah. like, I think this might be. For me, his strongest movie, that's one that he just wrote on his own. That's an original idea. Um, I think this yeah. one's probably the best for me of that ilk. What do you mean not Prestige? Well, Prestige, he he and his brother wrote the script, but it was based on a book. Right. So it's not his idea. So what I'm saying is, like, of, of the things that are like his original idea, I think this one's probably the strongest. Yeah. Well, but didn't he, he write the Batman ones? Yeah, but he's not... He didn't create Batman. Yeah, but it's it's still, like, his idea for the stories. Sure, but still, it's based on a property is what I mean. Yeah, it's like I know. The, in, the, in this one, he's come up with the world. He's come up with the characters. It's a different thing. I know what you're saying, but it's still a different thing, you know? Right. They're still taking uh, some liberties based on themes and storylines that already exist within the Batman world, right? True. So there's that. But I know what you're saying. He did definitely bring a, a very unique spin to them that nobody else had before. The other Batman movies were, like, weird. Like, too weird. Very comic booky. These These ones were meant to be grittier and more, quote, real, right? I don't think nipples are too, like, comic booky. <laughs> nipples? Yeah. We, well, you, you haven't actually seen that one, have you? Batman no, Forever. I don't, I don't really want to see it. Yeah, it's not great. What the, about Batman and Robin? Isn't that worse? It's worse. How is it worse than that? It's just, there's like a bat credit card. There's a whole sequence that takes place at the ice capades. No, I thought the Batman credit card was in the Batman Forever. No. Uh, oh, no, it's the it's the one with George Clooney. Oh. It's the, that's the Batman, Batman and Robin. It's that one for right. sure. Val Kilmer is the Batman Forever. Batman Forever is not bad. There's some interesting things going on it where Batman and Robin is just bonkers weird. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right, so are you ready for next up is Interstellar? Do you know what it's about? No. Anything? No. Do you want to know anything it's about? I, I guess. It's kind of, uh, how do you explain it without giving away too much away? It's kind of about um, a near future world where things are very dire. like, uh, And some people, they're running out of water, I think, or running out of just like... Um, natural resources, and so they they send these people to space in hopes that they can fix that. I'm trying to remember the details of it. I I'm not gonna lie, I didn't love it the first time I saw it, and I tried to watch it again, and I had a hard time with it. So I'm gonna give it a real proper try this time around. Right. I want to like it. When did it come out? Uh, I have to look it up. This. Uh-huh. Inception was 2012, so I want to say this was like... 2015, 2014? Yeah, around there. That would be my guess, but we'll look it up. Okay, cool. All right, so we'll be back with... So he makes one about like every like, what? Three years, two, three years? Yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll be back with Inception. Yes, we will. So we'll be back with Interstellar. Not Inception. No. (laughs) See, I was, I planted the idea into my head. See where I'm going? Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right. So, uh, first of all, we didn't just finish Interstellar because we decided to skip it. Because we skipped it. We skipped it. Uh, I think we were both making excuses to not watch it. It's like, oh, we have this thing this weekend. Yeah. And and part of it is, it's not, I can't blame you from. 
because I think he's he's reacting off of my vibes. And, and you fell asleep both times you watched it. Yeah, I I didn't. I can't say I enjoyed it either times. I just I mean I like the performances. I appreciate it from an aesthetic point of view. I just found it pretentious and boring, and I wasn't gonna enjoy it. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, and here's the thing: I don't want to like come on here and just like trash a movie on purpose. Um, that said, we jumped ahead, and what did we just watch? The weirdest movie ever. Tenet. <laughs> so this yeah, is so uh, we, we caught up to the end. So walk me through. Can we just call the main character Tenet? Did he have a name? He just no. introduced himself as the protagonist. So Christopher Nolan didn't even want to come up with a character name. Can we just call him Tenet? Sure, we can call him Tenet. <laughs> okay. Well, at the end, you realize he he started Tenet. Yeah, so then we can call him Tenet. So Nobody can get mad at us. I know. There are so many things in this movie that made a little bit more sense this time around, but are still... What do you mean made any sense? Nothing made sense. Well, just the way... Um, Oh God! Why is my brain fried? Uh, Robert Pattinson's character—he's the guy that played his like sidekick. You know that guy, who's who's gonna be the next Batman? That guy. Anyway, he like his involvement made more sense because I knew it this time around, so I could see the how all that stuff linked together. It made sense. Uh, There's still just—I mean—they literally in the opening like ten minutes of the film. When she's first explaining, you know, catching bullets and whatnot to him, she essentially says, try not to think too hard. It's not going to make any sense. <laughs> and that's just a that's just a lazy way for filmmakers to do that. And they go, just don't worry, audience. Just assume it makes sense and you'll be fine. Just go along for the ride. Don't hurt yourself. And I think that's the best way to watch a movie like this because... If you pick it apart, I don't think it, it I think holds up the scrutiny. I don't think it holds up the scrutiny. There's that one moment I, I called it out when we were watching it near the end of the movie when um, uh, our, our antagonist, we'll call him, is on, the do- is on his boat and he's talking to Tenet um, on the phone, right? But Tenet is in inverted time, right? No, he isn't. Wasn't he? No, he had a mask he, on. He was red. I don't, that's what doesn't make any sense. See, he okay, maybe you, team. if he wasn't, then it makes sense. But it seems like he was inverted. But he be, wasn't. Because, okay, well, then if he wasn't inverted, it makes sense. <laughs> I was going to say they shouldn't have been able to understand each other on the phone because one of them was, work, was going forward and one of them was going backwards. But if they were, if he, if Tenet wasn't inverted, then. No, he wasn't. It's so hard to tell in that final sequence because so many, so much of it is going forward and so much no. of it is going backwards. It doesn't make it like it's like so big. And they also just have a million of these machines all over the world that can allow you to to invert somehow. Yeah. What doesn't make any sense is that like at the beginning he shoots it, but then it comes back to him, but he's not inverted. So did they invert the bullets or the gun somehow? Or what are you talking about? Like you know. When he fights himself. No, at at the beginning, when he. Shoot, shoots the bullet, he isn't inverted. When you say the beginning, do you mean the end? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I, the beginning of the film. Oh, when he's when they're in the opera house. No. Like, when they're, like, doing... When she, um, when he's with her and they're, like, shooting the bullets and telling... Oh, when he's she's explaining it to him? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, so he, he catches the bullet. Yep. But he's not inverted. No, but the gun was inverted. Oh. So an object that's inverted can do... I know. That's where it starts getting complicated. So the object itself was inverted. The object was sent backwards through time. What? How? Because. (laughs) Unclear. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's this movie. But the movie literally tells you in that opening, don't hurt yourself. Don't try too hard. Don't think about it. That's here's the thing. We can sit here and pick apart all of that. What's inverted? What's not? And 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 pick. You know, I just. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not nearly smart enough to understand what the hell he's trying to say here. And I don't think that's the point of the movie anyway. 
Um, what did you say when we were coming into the house and I told you to save it? You had a comment about Christopher Nolan's movies. Do you remember what you said? No. You, you asked me why does why does Christopher Nolan want, not like people oh, that yeah. want? What did you say? Not want people to like his movies. Yeah, and I don't think it's that he. I I just think he has a lot of stuff going on inside Christopher Nolan's head, and he's just trying to do cool stuff. I mean, I think he's a smart guy. He's a super smart he's guy. Too smart. And he's trying to. And to be fair, he's doing stuff that we've never seen in movies before. You know, which is really cool. Like the way you know, in this movie, you have things moving. This idea of inversion, right? Moving backwards. Yeah, in um, even this in Dun- is like Memento. T- um, this is me- Memento p- squared. Two point Yeah, yeah. In a way, kind of, I guess. Um, but and in even Dunkirk, he's not. It, it's a very straightforward movie, but just the idea of like playing with, you know, a one week time frame versus a day versus an hour, right? Like that's pretty interesting. I've never seen a movie told in that over those timelines together. Um, in, in, inception, you know, going inside of a dream within a dream within a dream. Within a dream. Within a dream. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. And then the way Prestige plays with stuff, Memento. You know, he's constantly, you know, playing with, you know, narrative concepts of time and space and people, but what, but he's also now pushing the boundaries with filmmaking too in terms of, that like just looking at how all that was done a lot of that stuff was done practically like that big car chase sequence where those cars are moving backwards and some of them are moving forwards that was done practically like those those are stunt drivers driving backwards like that Cheap. it's crazy like it would be so cool to watch the making of this movie yeah like, i don't we have the disc we have the disc the disc didn't seem to have it on it maybe it's on the 4k we, we uh the wonderful norm wilner gifted us this movie and from his stack of DVDs that he has sent to him. So uh, we'll have to see if the, the making of is on there, because it would be pretty fascinating to watch. I bet he got sent five of them. Yeah. What do you, so what do you think? Wait, so put aside the confusion of everything that's going on. Did you find there was, it was pretty cool, or you were just so caught up in it being confusing? Both. See, that's a problem then, right? Like, if you can't just sit back and turn your brain off. Yeah, and enjoy a movie, then yeah, like, you I don't, get it wrong. I feel like, uh, you know, a lot of the people I spoke to after I first saw this movie ha- had a very similar reaction where they're just like, it just makes my head hurt and that takes me out of the movie and I don't enjoy it's it. It's not like a cool action movie where you can just... No, you sit there like, oh, that's so cool. Like, yeah. it, 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 it makes you stop and go, wait a minute, what? And any, I don't know, my, huh? I, I sort of feel that any time you pull your audience out of a film to go, wait a minute, what's going on? You've lost them, and the movie's not working. You know, so if it's that's it's, what he's going for. Then I know that, for him. but that's what he's going for too. But it's like me for me as a filmmaker, I don't want my audience to get pulled out of the movie. I want them to they jump in for the ride and enjoy it and be there. And you know, they, there might be some stuff they have to figure out later, or there might be a reveal. They go, oh shoot! But that doesn't necessarily I pull never people. Yeah, but that doesn't pull them out of the movie necessarily. It does in a way, but not in a way that makes them feel confused or stupid. You know, the problem with I find Christopher Nolan movies is that part of him wants to just dazzle us with spectacle, which is what all these backward sequences are, and they're really really cool. But then there's this intellectual part of him too that really wants to just play with some really really interesting stuff. But the problem is, he makes his audience feel stupid. I think. At least I feel stupid watching his movies sometimes. watching people feel stupid. And the audience, if, an, if you make your audience feel stupid, they don't want to watch. People don't like feeling stupid. <laughs> you know? And I like to think I'm a marginally intelligent person. Maybe, maybe he's stupid and he just wants pe- other people to feel stupider. No, I think he's, he, he's a bright guy, but it's just like... He likes watching other people be stupid, like I said. I don't know, just... I just don't get... I don't get it. I don't get the the point of making something that's so confusing that the audience can't follow it. That's just me. Uh, did you recognize some? So I, I pointed out some actors to you, but I don't think you rec- knew who they were. They looked. Some of them looked familiar. Yeah. Some. <laughs> sorry. Some of them looked familiar. Yeah. yeah. So the guy with the beard, the Caucasian dude. 
Um, mm-hmm. He is Aaron Taylor Johnson. Do you know who that is? No. Quicksilver. Oh. From uh, Age of Ultron. <clears throat> okay, that one. And who the ba- who is the bad guy? I don't know. Does he, he seem familiar? Yes. When I tell you who he played, it's gonna blow your mind. It's gonna be really stupid. So it's Kenneth Branagh. First of all, he directed the first Thor movie. He's also a director. Oh, okay. But he played Gilderoy Lockhart in Harry Potter. What? Very different performance. Same actor. Isn't that awesome? What? He's a great actor. He, he can do a lot of accents, then. Well, you think about... Well, no, that's... The Gilderoy is his real accent. Like, he's, uh. he's a British actor. Well, how is he doing the Russian accent? Well, that's, he, that's him doing... I don't know how successful that Russian accent is. It feels a bit like... If I was to do Russian accent... Like, it sounds like that. That was Austrian, I think, what I just did. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> you sound like Arnold Schwarzenegger. It, yeah, I, 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 I jumped into an Arnold Schwarzenegger real quick. Anyway... <laughs> but he's a phenomenal actor, and that's like you look at Gilderoy Lockhart. He just plays this stupid ass, like, like bumbling, uh, charismatic, egotistical fool. And here he plays this man who threatens to like cut your testicles off, slit your throat, and shove your testicles into the slit of your throat because he finds it amusing to watch a man dig out his testicles to avoid from choking to death. Hmm. <laughs> So that's that. Um, so final thoughts on Christopher Nolan as a filmmaker. Well, we'll be back in another two years. Watch to watch whatever's next. I haven't heard any announcements of whatever he's working on now. Good. Hopefully it's not too confusing. Hopefully it's not too confusing. Well, what's yes. he, but, but the thing is, like, what do you do after something like this? You know what I mean? Like, what do you mean? I don't... Well, he's, he's got to feel like he has to up the game next time. Oh, no! But... No! But then what was nice, like, in between Interstellar and this, we got Dunkirk. Yeah. Which was great. I, you loved Dunkirk the first time you saw it. You know, I thought it was a great movie, too. And that movie's even short. I think that movie's only an hour and a half long. Really? Compared to most of his mo- recent movies, they're all these big epics. Um, but what do you think of him as a filmmaker? You know, when you look at you've seen a lot of his movies. I think there's... Have you seen everything? You haven't seen Following? Or Interstellar. Or Interstellar. Uh, Both movies you could probably just seek out on your own later on in life if you really wanted Mm -hmm. to. Following is his first first movie, and I don't actually have a copy of it that I'm aware of. I think think it's streamable on the Criterion channel. Because nobody cares about his first first movie. Well, um, his first movie premiered at Slamdance, where my movie Had a Plan and Orgy in a Small Town played. He has a bigger career than me, by far. (laughs) Christopher Nolan does well. Uh, But what do you think when you look at, like, the Batman movies, and then you look at these ones that are... Those ones aren't too confusing. No, but you look at... Do you see the seeds of, like, this filmmaker in those movies? Can you understand how... Oh, that's why those Batman movies are different from, like, say, another Batman movie that someone else would have made. Right. Do they feel... Christopher Nolan-esque, those Batman movies, yeah. now that you've seen his other work? Yeah. Do they, do, they, uh, do they maintain being your favorite of his work still? I don't know. You don't know? Wait, are, am I supposed to make a list? I'm oh, yeah, yeah, to rank them now. Oh. So the movies to rank, again, are Memento, Insomnia, Prestige, Inception, and Tenet. So five movies, you got to rank five. Plus the Batman ones. Uh, and Dunkirk. And Dunkirk, too? You gotta rank... Oh, we're gonna be here for a while. Nine. I have to rank nine. Let's not... Okay, we'll do that separately, but what's your number one? What's, let's go with your, your favorite and your least favorite right now. Can I do my top three? Sure, top three. Okay. Can I not do, like, a number one, just, like, top three? Yeah, top three in, in no okay. order. It's fine. <laughs> the Dark Knight. Okay. Prestige. Yeah. And, I would say those two are also mine in my top three. And then I would maybe say Inception's in there yeah, is one of the three. Like Inception or Dunkirk. Oh, no, no, Dunkirk for sure. I would put Dunkirk in the top three. Yeah, that's easy for me. Those are the top three. Yeah. What's, what's your Not least? Not too confusing. No, they're all fairly straightforward and they're all just solid storytelling. Wait, what? What's your least favorite? 
of the ones you've seen. Mine's definitely Interstellar. I haven't seen that one. You haven't seen it yet, so of the ones you've seen. Could it be this one? Or did you enjoy this one? I like this one. This one versus Inception. Oh, I like Inception better. Okay. Ah, you don't have to have a least favorite. Insomnia kind of like made me just like bored a bit. Insomnia is a very straightforward movie. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like a, 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 a you know, it, it plays within um, with your mind a bit. And, and it, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty cool story in terms of the way the bad guy, the cat and mouse of the bad guy versus the good guy. But uh, I liked Insomnia a lot more this time like through. Least favorite. That's okay. That's allowed. Like, what, what was my top three <laughs> Your top three? Uh, Prestige, Dark Knight, and, and Dunkirk. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a solid top three. I would concur. And I, 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 I'd have a hard... confusing one. I'd have a hard time deciding which, which order to put those three in. It would change depending on what day it is. Uh, well, I look forward to whenever Christopher Nolan's next movie come out. You, you and I will go see it together in the theaters. Unless it's rated R and just like stuff. Because I think the only Christopher Nolan movie you and I have seen in the theaters is Dunkirk, right? We saw it at the Fox. Yeah, we saw it at the Fox. But everything else, I think you, we've just watched at home. So uh-huh. I look forward to watching his next confusing opus with you in a theater. If with some popcorn. And we'll throw it at the screen if it's confusing. We'll say, <laughs> stop making us feel stupid. <laughs> I bet everybody else can do that also. Yeah. All right, well, thanks for... So we'll buy, buy three bags of popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go to a place that gives you free refills. One waste. Okay. So, well, thanks for thanks for sitting through these five movies with me. You're welcome. At least one of them wasn't Watchmen, because that one was just confusing and long. Watchmen? It's confusing. The book got me confused also. It's a bit heady. And I didn't even... I just forgot about stuff. It's okay. You're on a big tangent now. All right. Well, thanks for joining me, bud. Yes. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us for our Christopher Nolan-a-thon. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter, at Lon Jeremy, and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.